Finger guns, finger guns, and then give it about. Grab your popcorn and your friend's password to the streaming service, letting the worst be heard. From so bad it's good to so bad it's just bad. Tragedies on screen. Watching the worst movies you've ever seen. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Tragedies on Screen podcast. There are movies that should never be seen by anyone and it is our job to watch them all. Um, Mike and with me as always is my very beautiful honeybee wife Jessica. Bring the biscuit to the basket baby. Yes, bring the biscuit to the basket. And this is episode 7 where we watched the movie Rollerball. This is a 2002 remake of a 1975 movie, and it the movie was actually based, both movies were actually based on a short story called The Rollerball Murder. So this movie came out in 2002 and is set in the distant future of 2005. I believe the original movie, which came out in 1975, was also set in 2005. So they just decided, hey, this movie should also take place in 2005. But, I mean, I don't know, man. So this was directed by John McTiernan, and if that sounds familiar to you, it's because he directed actual good movies like Die Hard and Predator. So the original script that he had a hand in writing was going to be much longer, and many people who read it considered it to be much better than the script that was eventually put out and made. But then the director, McTiernan, wanted to focus more on the rollerball sport and make it more of a WWF atmosphere, which is why Paul Heyman, the ECW chairman at the time, ECW was a wrestling federation, uh, he plays a semi-major role in this movie. So basically McTiernan decided, hey, you know what? This movie's actually pretty good. Instead, let's just focus on these nonsensical roles rollerball scenes and we'll just cut out anything that makes it halfway decent um so ll cool j who is in this movie he plays a character named marcus he did an interview on conan o'brien's show to promote this film back in 2002 when it was still in theaters and he told everybody not to see it because it sucks and then they got lots of musical guests for this movie as well, including Slipknot, except they didn't actually get Slipknot. What they did is they digitally altered footage from a concert Slipknot performed and edited it into the movie. And then they had to pay out Slipknot not to get sued. Um, the movie was rewritten many, many times, each rewrite getting very negative test screening responses. This caused the movie to get delayed several times. The first rewrite turned it into an R-rated movie with even more violence and gratuitous random boobs, but critics called it the worst movie ever made. Eventually, the studio just wanted something, literally anything and they'd probably come to regret wanting literally anything but anyway mctiernan wanted certain scenes to be reshot but the actors were no longer under contract this led to ridiculous editing and random effects as well as a very disjointed plot in the final film i mean for example one of the film one of the scenes was supposed to take place at night they shot that scene during the day then they added on a night vision filter over the scene even though nobody was using night vision goggles in the scene 
scene. This was their way of editing it to make sure that it looked like it was at nighttime because they couldn't get the actors back, put it in night, uh, and shoot the film actually at night because the actors wouldn't come back to reshoot any of these scenes. And then eventually director John McTiernan went to prison for wiretapping. He had exec movie executives from the studio wiretapped because he thought they were trying to sabotage the movie, which probably would have been a good move for these executives because if they had sabotaged this movie and it never came out, they, then that would have saved us all so much time. Uh, he received three months in prison, but it was revealed he lied under oath, so he got an extra year for perjury. He appealed his perjury to the Supreme Court and commit perjury again to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court decided not to add on any extra jail time for the perjury he committed there and just declined to hear his appeal. And so he just served a year and three months in prison for perjury and wiretapping. So the whole production behind this movie was an absolute mess. So what did they get out of the plot when producing this movie, babe? There is no plot, <laughs> to be honest. It's... It's a, I don't know, it's a pot of spaghetti where each thing of spaghetti is not spaghetti. It's something else, but you think it's spaghetti. I don't know. This movie is insane. It's so bad. It's so bad. So anyway, Jonathan Cross is like the main character and he's played by Chris Klein. You may recognize that name. Chris Klein is in the American Pie series. He plays the lacrosse player. Um, but anyway, in this movie, he is a hockey player who apparently has been released because he refused his coach in coach's instructions to play defense, yet someone uh, wonders why he is still not playing. All he needs is that big shot, he keeps saying. In the opening scene, Cross is doing competitive street luge on the public streets of San Francisco. This scene goes on for a while and is very poorly edited. The police notice Cross and start chasing him so again he is street losing so he's on like a long body skateboard as the police in their cars are chasing him um and the dude he was street losing with like he crashed into him yep. and he goes flying into a car yeah they're they're <laughs> losing down the big hills in san francisco so if you if you've ever seen any stereotypical pictures of san francisco if full house baby yeah i was just gonna say if you've ever seen full house the house is on a big hill and you know what we're talking about he's just losing down the very steep streets and hills there until the police catch him and then he crashes into his street losing partner competitor this is never explained so and has nothing to do with the movie no, either it does not. um so anyway ll cool j's character marcus finds cross and helps him escape from the police in Marcus's SUV. Yeah, he just comes out of nowhere. We learn that Marcus, who was originally an accountant, plays a crazy sport in Russia called Rollerball. He tells Cross he should join him if he can't make it in the NHL. So we jump forward in time and suddenly Cross is on the rollerball team with Marcus. Cross is apparently the best player in the league and Marcus is also a superstar. The sport barely makes any sense and there are more or less no rules. People ride on motorcycles, they hit each other hard like in the NFL, NHL. Um, so yeah, literally there are 
in rollerblades. Like they're yes. all on rollerblades. There, it looked like there was one or two people from each team who would be riding a motorcycle. Yep. And they, they like explained how to make points at the very beginning of the movie, but again, it does not make sense. And it does. I don't think they follow it because they say you have to go around the track twice. Twice, but exactly. But then there's like a couple of scenes where one of the players steals the ball from the other player and just goes right up to the basket and puts the biscuit in the basket. Puts the biscuit in the basket, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, it, it honestly, it's like, yeah, high contact like um, NFL, NHL, weird basket that's not like a hoop. You literally, it's it like looks hitting like a tuba. A, it looks like a tuba, but not no hole. It's just yeah. it's flat. You're supposed to hit the ball up against it yeah, hard, hard enough. Hard enough to set off fireworks. Exactly. Um and that's how you score points. And it looks like the track itself looks like a figure eight, but you don't have to stick to the figure eight. There's just no. these inside. But you have places. to make a jump, I guess, into a tunnel. Oh yeah, there was like these like hamster tunnels up yeah. above the uh up above the like court or whatever you want to call it. like literally it doesn't it doesn't make any sense no the sport is just ridiculous and it's there for action and violent scenes exactly um cross and marcus are the two highest paid players and the crowds love them we also see that cross is sleeping with his teammate aurora it is a mixed men women league and also leads to random gratuitous boob shots in the locker room and in the gym apparently because women like to work out with no tops on (laughs) right yes in this in the distant future of 2005 all locker rooms (laughs) will be blended and women will work out topless exactly we are introduced to the owner of the rollerball league alexi and his assistant sanjay they have a stereotypically evil conversation showing they care about profits above everything else we are shown alexi threatening the life of media personnel for putting rollerball on a channel that does not get high ratings Cross, Marcus, and Aurora discover that Alexi is intentionally getting people hurt to drive up the ratings. They do this by reviewing film footage and seeing that the camera focuses on a player that is about to be injured prior to it happening. Um, so, and it was it was very obvious, too, so it's not like the players were jumping to conf- to conclusions. So, like, how they realized this is there were cameras all over the place to catch the action, you know, of what's happening in Rollerball. Yes. And so they had, like, five or six cameras or what have you around the, I guess, rink? I don't know what you would call it. Rink? Track. Court, track? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and there's this one player who kind of seems like a bench warmer kind of player who um, was entering the track and his helmet comes off um and he gets hit like super bashed in the face by um the opposing team and so anyway they realized that four out of the five uh cameras were all pointed at that particular player so remember he was just coming into the track so it wasn't like he was in the middle of anything happening, so there was no reason for 
a camera, never mind four cameras, to be on him. And so the fact that there was that many on him and then this horrible thing happened to him where he was like really messed up, like blood everywhere. He was conscious, but like screaming and crying and all this stuff. So it was really bad. Um, and yeah, so that's why how they noticed that, hey, this isn't this this is pretty messed up. Like they're doing this on purpose. Um, and also they noticed that the the like strap of the helmet was cut. Um, so it made it so the helmet would easily come off. Yeah. So they discovered then that um, they're just using violence to drive up ratings. And we see this through the random world rating number on a screen that Alexi and all the media people are looking at uh, and they see it continue to rise. The more violence there is on the actual track in the actual game. So, yeah, the three main characters figure out that the, the uh, Alexi is literally trying to get them injured just to draw up more money. Exactly. Um, and Marcus and Cross realize that they're safe because they draw in the crowds and they draw in the money. And really, after explaining this to the audience, that they know that, you know, they're not at risk of getting hurt, that it's the lower paid players that are the ones that are at risk of getting hurt they then tried to escape they tried to escape russia um leaving their vulnerable teammates the one behind the ones that actually would get hurt um and this is the whole scene that is done in night vision the thing that mike was talking about earlier where they filmed in the day where but they wanted it to be at night and that makes it incredibly hard to follow um marcus is killed by alexi with a sniper rifle and cross believes alexi would put aurora in danger and so he returns um, an anti-capitalist scene is shoehorned in for no reason. So we find out Lexi's evil plan was to get a rollerball contract for the North American market. That's why he is pushing so hard to get his ratings up. Despite wanting to get the North American market, Alexi makes it so the final game of the season has no rules in an attempt to kill Cross, the only North American remaining in the league. His evil plan just was not well thought out. He's trying to get the hype going in North America. Cross is the biggest player in the league. People come from all over the world to see him. And to get that contract in North America, he is going to kill Cross. It makes sense to me, babe. I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, Cross survives and Sanjay realizes that Alexi has gone too far and helps Cross basically start a riot against him. And Sanjay is basically Alexi's secondhand man. Then Sanjay turns evil again, despite being the one to cut the feed of, you know, Cross being beaten up. Um... And the fans turn on him too, and basically cross doesn't he, does it cross kill Sanjay? No, it, no, he, he just jumps hurts through. Him. Yeah, he jumps through the wall like at the end of the movie. He jumps through the big like it's like hockey rink boards, and he jumps through those and just kind of cross checks Alexi, and Alexi goes flying down, and then a crowd of people pick him up, and that's the last we see of Alexi. We don't see if he dies or what happens to him. He just you know, goes flying through the air and people just pick him up and they're going crazy and rioting. And then with Sanjay, I remember they're like in that back room. Yep. 
So, Does he kill Sanjay? No. So Sanjay gets caught up in the riot too. So Sanjay demands that they cut the feed because he realizes what they're doing is evil. So he cuts the satellite feed so nobody can see the, the rollerball match because he realizes, oh, hey, I don't want anybody to get killed on TV. This is wrong. And then he helps Cross get to Alexi, points him out, and they make, they make like a little deal or something. And then Sanjay goes back to being evil for no reason. Then he gets caught up in the rioting crowd that's it but wasn't there that whole shotgun thing the shotgun area where yeah so they got caught in the back room and um oh you're right yeah sanjay got shot with the shotgun yeah that's right that's right yeah so that was really weird that was really weird <laughs> so yeah sanjay dies <laughs> or at least is shot with the shotgun and the movie just ends it just kind of ends shotgun rollerball shotgun (laughs) rollerball then it just kind of ends (laughs) oh man so there were so many things wrong about this movie and there are definitely things that we're going to dive into uh you know more deep that we've kind of went over in the plot but babe what do you think was the fifth worst thing of this movie none of the characters were likable even cross just kind of comes across as a cocky asshole like he's saying right at the beginning of the movie that he really wants his shot in the nhl and then he's like yeah but i'm not gonna do what the coach tells me because i'm a badass look at me and then we have Marcus, who's played by LL Cool J, who knows that the sport itself is kind of rigged and, you know, is injuring people. But he's like, no, nah, keep your head down, do what they tell you, because I'm not going back to the United States to be an accountant. I'd rather just be here in Russia in 2005 and play rollerball. And, I mean, then obviously Alexi is just stereotypically evil jackass and... Aurora walks around gyms with her shirt off, and I, I don't know, man. Like, none of these characters are likable in any way whatsoever. They don't, like, give you any feeling to be like, oh, yeah, I'm rooting for this guy to win over the other guy. They're all equally ridiculous. And then they shoehorn in an anti-capitalist message, and maybe Cross is going against the capitalist, which makes no sense because Alexi is Russian and Cross is an American, and Americans going against the capitalist. Look, man, I don't know, but that <laughs> none of these characters have any redeeming qualities whatsoever which kind of gets us into our our number four thing is that we don't even get a chance to care about these characters the movie goes by really really fast it jumps from scene to scene uh it stays on rollerball scenes for a while and these scenes have really no character development or even advancing the plot it's just watching the sport of rollerball that doesn't really make a lot of sense to freaking begin with so we don't see you know the characters never really go into any depth other than the very shallow borderline stereotypes that they're portraying so we get we get nothing so when a character gets hurt or a character gets killed 
nobody cares because you know the first character who got hurt was on screen for like three minutes grand total and it played this dramatic music where cross and marcus were standing over him like oh my god no and then he gets taken to a hospital and but who is he i don't know and the movie just never focuses on really the characters it just kind of focuses on gratuitous boobs and action for the sake of action i mean part of me makes uh it makes me feel like this was made for a 13 year old who are like haha boobies blood funny stuff yay uh, it it just goes too fast for anyone to actually care about what's happening and so babe that brings us to number three what do you think the third worst thing about this movie is uh before i move on to that so i just wanted to add um talking about the death scenes for the characters the the one character like because if you think about it, we got the main characters cross and marcus right and marcus gets shot by alexi he snipers him as he's trying to escape from russia you know and so like Mike was saying, we really don't know any of these characters very well. So even though Marcus is a main character, we don't get to know him very well. But at this point in the movie, we have seen him in multiple scenes. So I don't know. And I was just like, hey, it's LL Cool J. I'm just going to love his character anyway because it's freaking LL Cool J. Don't call it a comeback. Exactly. He had multiple instances where he could have said, mama said knock you out and he didn't do it. Failure. I know. I know. Failure. Writer's failure there. Um, but anyway, that when... That was the biggest failure of writing in this film. Yes. When he does get shot and killed, we don't see any of that literally we just see here's the sniper and from a very far distance we see that marcus is down you know like that he is obviously shot he's off of his motorcycle whatever but that's it it does not zoom in it doesn't do any sort of like there's nothing there it's just it's the your main character is dead but you're not gonna like show it and i'm not saying show it like oh be gory i'm meaning like you have a main character, he's gone now, but you're not going to have this final death scene? Yeah, like, this scene was very emotionless. Like, he gets exactly. shot, and then there was more emotion uh, surrounding that first guy, that bench warmer who got injured in the first five minutes of the movie, than there was around Marcus, the main character, just getting unceremoniously killed out in the middle of Russia. So, like... I don't know, You, it's, even the characters you're supposed to care about, it doesn't let you care about them mm-hmm. because it just moved, jumps on again. Like, as soon as that happens, Cross is like, okay, I'm going back. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, talking about other death scenes that just don't make sense. So one of the... Uh, teammates i guess we'll call him Uh, so another person who plays rollerball who's from russia um he's kind of like the people's player so anyway they talk about how there's like this huge mine and there's a lot of miners that like work there um and so one of the team members is a miner um as in somebody who mines things not a child Yes, someone who mined, like, coal miner. Let me just say coal miner. I don't know if they're actually mining coal, but we'll just say coal miner. Um, 
So he's a coal miner, and so he has this b big following of other coal miners, like the people that he works with and all that stuff. Um, and so he's been, he's kind of like the man of the people sort of player. Um, and so anyway, at one point, um, at the end of the movie, you know, when they're trying to like beat up and kill Cross on live TV, at one point, that guy, the, the coal miner there, um, like, what's he done? I remember he, like, jumps over the rink into the audience to... Get somebody. I, yeah. Yeah, he was just trying to... It's never fully explained. It's never fully explained. But anyway, so he's, like, jumping out of the ring. Um, in an attempt, it's all to... Because they all realize that Cross is literally, like, being killed. So they're all trying to, like, stop it from happening, basically. Um, and so while he's trying to do this, he gets shot by, like... Alexi's security or whatever security guards that he has there he shot and killed killed and who do they cheer for the coal miners the coal miners are cheering for Jonathan yeah. Jonathan yeah, they're cheering for cross for no explained reason despite the fact that <laughs> Americans and Russians don't really have even in 2002 didn't really have the greatest uh, alliance there and it just didn't make sense because it's like you're there for your coal mining friend to see him you know play and stuff like that and then he's dead and so of chanting his name or something like uh, I don't know like memorializing him or just whatever it's again there's no attention yeah, on that death and they're death just cheering just for jonathan over. yeah yeah so that was just another thing that made no sense but anyway yes so moving on to the third worst thing about this movie so the sport of rollerball what the movie's named off after takes up a huge chunk of the time of the movie but it makes absolute no sense in the very beginning after the whole luge street losing in san francisco they do play it and they're telling you the rules as they're like playing rollerball and it still makes no sense um so it looks like it's supposed to be wwf wwe level over-the-top ridiculous but the rules are never really explained there are people on motorcycles people punching each other in the face and people trying to put a ball in the basket um or bring the biscuit to the basket yes during the last scene where it's declared there are no rules it literally looks no different than all the other matches that are shown in the movie so yeah when everyone was like oh my god no rules mike and i we were like what rules were there ever any rules <laughs> to begin with because we saw people running each other over with motorcycles you know punching each other in the face fighting each other in the crowd like the it doesn't make any sense and then they don't even follow their own rules because one of the first things they say is you have to go around the track twice before scoring a goal but people would just steal the ball from each other and immediately score they'd pass it to teammates who were already getting ready to score and they'd score and 
then they just crash into each other and beat each other up. I I don't know. And I think the big thing, like the whole like, oh, there's no rules, was the violence part. Like what they could do to each other now. But the rules never, ever, 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 even the small rules that they did give us, they never discussed what was okay or not okay. Like, you you know, with football, there's certain tackles that are okay to do yep. depending on which position you're in or, you know, are you currently catching the ball or are you running with the ball? You know, like, right. there's different rules for when you can tackle somebody and where. They never explained any of that and I think that was, like, the big thing with the last game. That's why they were able to, like, beat up Cross. But Again, we didn't know what rules there were from the very beginning because it looked like there were none. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It. I mean, they don't tell you what the rules are at the beginning. Then they say there aren't any and it looks exactly the same. So I don't know. Exactly. So it just it just left, you know, us, us like, I guess you can just say the audience super confused. <laughs> the movie itself is super confusing and... This whole rollerball thing. And I just want to stress how much time is dedicated to rollerball. Instead of advancing any kind of plot, they just show us rollerball matches like people care about this sport or understand this sport. So a massive chunk of time, probably 45 minutes total of this movie is spent watching rollerball. And it's a sport yeah. that you don't even understand it's just like oh now he's on a motorcycle oh now he's like hitched onto the back of the motorcycle oh now he's flying through a half pipe and it just goes on and on and on and it's like i don't know what's happening this is not driving the plot forward this is not doing anything it's not making me care about these characters i literally don't know what's happening Honestly, and I would say it like Mike's not exaggerating with the 45 minute thing. It's at least 45 minutes, to be honest. Anyway, I want to do number two. <laughs> yes, go for it, babe. Oh, gosh. So the second worst thing about this movie is just the editing in general. It's absolutely awful. Um, so the movie itself is only an hour and 22 minutes, but yet there are two major things that are awful that take such a huge time out of the movie. So in the very beginning, we have that street luge scene. It goes on for so long. I would say, what, at least 10 minutes I think it's at yeah. least 10 minutes. It was, in the original cut of the movie, it was almost a half an hour long. And that's just nuts. Because literally, like, the guy he's losing with, we never he doesn't have a name. Like, we don't know who that is. He never comes up again. Um, he him, might die. He might die because they crashed and he goes exactly. down the hill when LL Cool J picks him up. Honestly. And... The whole street losings thing, the only thing it does is like, hey, look, Cross is a badass. He doesn't mind getting hurt, blah, 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 blah. But it literally does nothing. It does nothing for the movie. And then also, the scene that we have talked about so many times, it comes up again. So at the end, or no, not the end, sorry. There's this, the, yeah. it's like the beginning to the end, I guess. 
the middle of the end. That's what uh, ugh, the middle of the movie towards the end. <laughs> yes, the middle end of the movie. The middle end of the movie. Jesus, I can't talk. Uh, but anyway, so that's the whole like night vision thing. Literally what you're picturing. So picture in your mind when I say night vision. You got that picture? Now blur it. Blur it like you're some old bitty that needs glasses who is not wearing their glasses. Like super blurry the whole entire time. So it's just this green murky mess and you can see like so basically the only things you can see somewhat clearly clearly are Mar Marcus Cross and the motorcycle that they're on and even then it's kind of hard to distinguish what's happening because everything in, is in this green gray um, color scheme and they're supposed to be being chased by a bunch of vehicles and whatnot. So the vehicles, we can't see anything about the vehicles. You just see the headlights and the headlights are super, super blurry. So you can't even tell, like you don't even know their cars until basically you realize, oh, hey, they're being chased. Then later on in the scene, because you know, they're really trying to catch up to these guys. Um, there's like this huge plane or something that comes out of nowhere. Again, you can barely tell it's a plane. You can really only tell it's a plane because of the sound effects. And then you know what a plane sounds like. And then out of the back of this plane, another like kind of Jeep sort of vehicle comes out of it. Again, barely can see this. And so the thing that kills me is that probably under all this green murky tint is this action-packed scene where you got cars chasing a motorcycle, got a car coming out of the back of an airplane, but you can't see shit. Like, you literally can't see any of these details. Like, you're better off drawing in crayon what's happening, and you'd have a better idea. Like, it's just a complete waste of whatever resources that they were using to make this scene like it's horrible it just makes absolute no sense um and this whole entire thing because one it is hard to see and two again this movie is just so ridiculous it's insanely hard to follow what is even happening um the entire time uh and, and again this took a super long time maybe close to like 15 20 minutes i would say right and this happened because they needed reshoots done and the actors were no longer under contract the studio just needed something to be put out so instead of just you know, putting a nighttime filter on it or just having the scene be shot in the day. Honestly. They just put this ridiculous filter on it. And that's not, not even the only thing. They just kind of hodgepodge scenes to go right behind the other and cut out a whole bunch of exposition and plot because they had filmed so many rewrites and so many takes of different things that the things that go together don't flow at all. It culminating in this 
absolute nonsense of a scene. And you could see it sometimes where it's like you could see that there was a jump like they obviously edited something out or whatever and then there's a jump like you know all of a sudden actor who was looking at the right's looking to the left you know stupid stuff like that. Um, didn't happen too many times but at least at least enough for me to notice being like oh shit. I mean there's a scene the last rollerball scene where everybody's trying to to kill Cross, he gets, he's covered in varying amounts of blood throughout the scene. <laughs> How much blood he's covered in changes. Also, if you're getting beaten up, you're not just going to get covered in blood. You probably are going to be swollen, bruises, black eyes. But other than the blood that was clearly just painted on him through all these takes, is he just looks perfect. His skin's still, you know, normal looking. Doesn't have any visible cuts or gashes anywhere. He's no swelling, no black eyes, nothing. Just obvious painted fake blood all over them in spots that they didn't bother to go back and check and redo anytime they had to redo the scene on a different take. So that's very clear. That one has no continuity. So, I mean, all these things together, this movie, it, it might be more of a mess than Grizzly 2. Oh, I'd 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that. Which brings us to the worst thing about this movie the plot is just a i know i say the word a mess a lot but this plot is a complete mess uh the actions taken by the characters are generally in direct contradiction to things that we the audience are told moments before so for example the three characters aurora marcus or two characters marcus and cross who you know, told each other, hey, we're safe. We're not going to be the ones hurt in Alexi's scheme here to get the other rollerball players injured for money because we are the two players who are bringing all the money to this sport. Alexi would never hurt us. Directly after they finish saying that, it shows them trying to escape in that crazy night vision stupid scene. And then there's Alexi, who we find out in his villain exposition scene where he's talking to Cross after he catches him after Cross goes back to the sport after Marcus is killed. Alexi, you know, goes on and on about how he's really rich and he's really the one controlling everything and how he will get the North American market. Now, he says this in a very evil way after describing that he owns many politicians in Russia, mm -hmm. he owns the biggest businessmen in Russia, and, you know, you'd think, oh, hey, those are some big things right there, but no, Alexei can't be stopped until he has the North American TV market, the TV rights for North America for rollerball, you'd think being in charge of a country would be more important than that, but I guess not. TV rights are important, I guess. So anyway, after Alexi tells Cross, hey, I'm going to get these North American TV rights, we overhear Alexi's plot to kill Cross, who is the only North American player remaining, and the last player alive who's actually bringing money to Rollerball. So I don't know if Alexi just didn't think any of this through, or if he just decided that this made sense to get the North American market. I don't know. 
the plot doesn't make any sense and we're not really told the plot in very many scenes because we're stuck watching street luge and rollerball <laughs> so the plot is given and some random locker room scenes as well the plot is just given in random exposition scenes when Alexi and Cross talk at various points in the movie. Otherwise, you're watching the sport of rollerball being announced by Paul Heyman, who suddenly has a crazy change of heart and starts rooting for Jonathan and wanting to also kill Alexi. I don't know. Paul Heyman's character played a much too big of a role for who he's supposed to be. I... I don't know. Watch the damn movie. It's a mess. <laughs> it's so you'll bad. know what uh, you'll know why I'm finding it hard to talk about it because I don't know how to describe it. You know, I mean, it's just scenes of rollerball, plot exposition, locker room scene, plot ex, uh, you know, plot exposition, rollerball, locker room, plot, the end, and then it just sort of ends. <laughs> And I think another thing to point out is it's not like, I don't know, like, I think what makes this movie even worse is that it would have, like, how do I, how do I say this? Like, there's an easy plot in there. I feel like, like an easy plot that's relatable, that would be a good one. What I think that plot is, that whole focusing on the fact of like higher ups, people who own teams, um, like what, what would you call them? Like the heads of a particular yeah. sport, like not just the owners, but like the head of the organizations. The commissioners. Commissioners, the, thank the you. Owners, Taking yeah. advantage of of players like you know even though sports players do get paid a lot of money but it is only for a limited time and it still doesn't mean that they can't get taken advantage of and so i think this movie it could have done something well where it's like this is kind of like showing the extreme of it like hey we're even risking players getting killed you know so that way we can make more money like this is a very real life thing that you could connect to but then stretch it to the extreme to kind of like show hey this is where we could be headed yeah i think if they came out with a remake now and they made it like a strong allegory to the nfl like they were like they had owners getting together and showing how damaging the sports can be and then intentionally trying to cover it up, how dangerous mm -hmm. the hits are and everything like that until, you know, they finally got exposed, then that would actually be, you know, an actual plot. I can't say that it would be good because it would take a miracle to make this movie good, but it would be an actual plot that makes sense killing people so you can get a TV market in North America where apparently this sport is popular everywhere else in the world, but you need it to be popular in North America so you're going to kill your North American star is a, not a plot that makes any sense. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, so just, it's like, not only is the movie horrible, not only is the plot make no sense, that there is an actual viable plot that they were, like, hinting at that they just didn't do. 
Yeah, and then they threw in anti-capitalism for no reason. I don't know. Even though they were all, like, super capitalists, too. It's like, even the Russian dude, he owned everything and was talking about making so much money. He owned everything except the North American media. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, and, you know, Cross was making a shit ton of money, and he had no problem with that until he was like, oh, yeah, they're kind of doing this on purpose. They're going to kill me. They're gonna kill those other people i'm gonna run away exactly (laughs) with my money (laughs) so yeah i think you could probably guess my favorite scene of the movie is just that whole night scene it was just so horrible so confusing that it was definitely my favorite yeah so my favorite quote-unquote scene is there's a scene kind of towards the beginning of the movie where it's just showing off how Alexi lives and kind of how rich he is and kind of the whole vibe that the sport of rollerball is going for. And he is standing around with girls because the match is taking place in Germany and they're all wearing like old school Nazi uniforms (laughs) and they have their boobs cut out. So their boobs are exposed and they're wearing Nazi uniforms and that's supposed to be the vibe of rollerball and like what the hell is that there's a lot of gratuitous boobs in this movie for no real reason that i can think of other to get than to get you know preteen boys excited for this film and but this one is just like offensive were they trying to attract Kanye West? Like, what? Why? <laughs> like, the movie served nothing to the plot. It showed nothing about Alexi's character because we're just beaten over the head over and over and over again that Alexi is just, you know, a bad dude who's, you know, just trying to grow the sport of rollerball by injuring people and murdering people and... I don't know, using the Russian army to assassinate LL Cool J. So I don't know what purpose this served. I don't know who greenlit the idea to get girls dressed up in SS uniforms with their boobs hanging out. I don't know what anybody involved in this was thinking at all. (laughs) And literally when Mike is saying boobs hanging out, like... It's not like, oh, that's a lot of cleavage or something. It's literally picture a uniform, an SS uniform with circles cut out, just exposing the boobs. Like, literally full-on tits. Yeah, their whole boob is exposed. Nipples, everything. Just the circle cut out around the boob. It was so weird. Yeah. This, uh, I don't, that's, I have no words I really, I really don't. So, babe, do you think it's so bad it's good or so bad it's just bad? This is probably the worst movie we've seen on the podcast. I agree. I hated this movie. It's worse than (laughs) Catwoman. It's so bad. And another thing to compare it to Catwoman, if we're just going to talk about the editing, I don't mean to go back, but this had, the Catwoman came out after this, I think Catwoman was 2004, but this movie had jump cuts repeated jump cuts during the rollerball scenes that kind of reminded me of the basketball scene in Catwoman. (laughs) Like the repeated, oh, we're getting motion sickness every few seconds. We're just going to cut again and cut again and cut again. And it's like to kind of give you the illusion that more is happening than actually is. And it 
it just reminded me of Catwoman in that way. And this movie is probably worse because Catwoman's plot is better than the plot to Rollerball. I am going on the record to say that. (laughs) I agree. I completely agree. So in our list of like what we would recommend for you to watch, this is at the absolute bottom now. Yes. And I think as a put-together movie, an edited movie, Grizzly 2 is better than this. I agree. (laughs) I agree, too. Like, that's literally how bad this movie is. At least Grizzly 2, it had a plot. It was in there. It It had a plot. I mean, it was kind of hard to you know weed out but it was a lot better than this plot so grizzly 2 and this movie both had the same a similar problem in that grizzly 2 was unfinished so they just had a bunch of scenes lying around that they had to that whoever was going to finish had to put together in some sort of chronological order and say okay this is finished uh rollerball had a very similar problem where they just did so many rewrites and reshoots that they had so many scenes to choose from that they had to put a whole bunch of scenes in chronological order from different shoots and different versions of the movie to say, okay, we're done. We have a movie now. So both of them kind of did that and Grizzly 2 did it better. Yup. Even though it didn't come out for 37 years, it <laughs> did it better. And it didn't actually have a working bear. It had none of the props needed for the main villain of the movie it still did editing better than rollerball the bear was more a bear than rollerball is a sport 100 percent agree <laughs> so this puts this puts rollerball at the worst of the worst so far um mm-hmm. it also puts it at the top of our wtf list mm-hmm. <laughs> with grizzly 2 going down to number two on our wtf list Grizzly 2 is also still the only movie on our recommended movie list. So, yeah, don't watch Rollerball. Yeah, absolutely don't watch Rollerball. Um, So, a little bit more on the actors and whatnot. So, we talked about Chris Klein. So, he played um, Cross and Jonathan Cross in this movie. So, he was Oz in American Pie. Um, he was also Orlin in the Flash TV show. Yep. I did not see them. Yeah, me either, but there were, it had a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there was LL Cool J, my man. So, he's... Probably best known as a rapper. Yep. Um, and then he also played Sam on NCIS Los Angeles. Yep. And then there's Jean Renault. He's Leon in Leon the Professional. That is a very good movie with a young Natalie Portman where he plays a hitman who uh, accidentally kills the mother of a 12-year-old girl. Yo, is this a spoiler? No, that happens in like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Mm. <laughs> 10 minute spoiler. <laughs> the plot is that he has to take care of Natalie Portman when he is a hitman. Interesting. Did you watch a movie? Yes, I've seen it. Oh, it's I very, seen very it. good. I haven't seen it. 
And then there's Rebecca Romijn. Rebecca Romijn. She's Dutch. Her last name is spelled R-O-M-I-J-N. I don't know how to pronounce that. I apologize to all the Dutch people out there, except for Max Verstappen. I don't like you. Anyway, <laughs> she's best known for being a model, and she plays Mystique in the original X-Men trilogy. Um, so the X1, X2, X3 movies that the Wolverine series kind of came out of, the one that's best known for Hugh Jackman being Wolverine um, and Patrick Stewart being Professor X. She's in that as Mystique, who is Magneto's second in command in his legion of uh, mutants. So there we go. There we go. So our next movie, which has been randomly selected is not a remake for the first time in three weeks it came out in 2012 it stars our old friend Halle Berry <laughs> Poor girl. from Catwoman it is called Dark Tide you can watch it on Amazon Prime with a subscription you can watch it on Pluto or Tubi for free as well Tubi and Pluto generally have ads I believe Yes, yes. Um, so just to remind you, so on Wednesday we'll have our first look at Dark Tide, um, where Mike and I watch the trailer and we record our live reactions to watching the trailer for the first time. Then hopefully on Friday, um, we'll be watching Dark Tide for the first time at some point. Um, we're going to shoot to be watching um, movies on Friday, sometime starting between 8 p.m., 10 p.m., something like that. Right. We'll let you know on all of our social media platforms in case you would like to join us on Discord. Yes, we have a Discord page that you can join us and we will have a war watch party every Friday night where you can join and chat with us while watching the movie all together. Yeah, be so cute all together now. Um, and then also, we have a few things, a few surprises coming up. We won't tell you what one of them is, <laughs> but it's a good one. So anyway, we're thinking in like four weeks. So four episodes from today will be the first time where we will still randomly select a movie, but it's just going to be narrowed down to the movies that you guys have recommended to us. Um, so I have a few from like Mike's mom, some of my friends. Um, so please, 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 please comment on any of our social media platforms, any you know, movies that you've seen or that you've heard of that's just really, really bad. We'll compile a list of just the, um, you know, viewer recommendations or listener recommendations. I don't know how what we'll call it. I like calling them viewers because that's what they call it on the New Game Plus podcast. So we'll do that. So viewer recommendations. Um, and then we'll pick one out of there. And then we will hype up, give credit to to the person that came up with that particular movie um and don't worry about what's on our list and if you're doing a repeat that's okay if something's already on our list and you bring it up as you know to you it's the worst movie then we'll still credit you with providing that movie to our list indeed so we'll give you a month to get your to get your picks in to get your movies in to randomly select from 
So the date that we will need the recommendations by is February 13th. So Monday, February 13th. So we could announce it and give people uh, a week to watch it. And as always, you can comment on our Discord page. You can comment on our Facebook page. Um, Please give us a review on Spotify. That really helps our podcast. Um, But yes, you can come leave us comments. Uh, You can leave us your favorite bad movies. You can talk to us about your favorite scenes in the movie of the week. And we will read that aloud on the podcast uh, along with your name. Unless you want to be kept anonymous, then we will keep you anonymous, but probably read your name anyway. So... If you want to be anonymous, you'll stay anonymous. Yes, fine. I'll <laughs> keep you anonymous. But yes, the leaving comments, uh, leaving reviews, that definitely helps our podcast. Please follow us on Facebook. You can leave comments on our uh, YouTube videos, on our first looks, where we take a look at the trailer each week. And we'll try to read those on the podcast as well. So give us a shout out and we'll include you in our, uh, include you in our podcast. But anyway, grab your popcorn next week for Dark Tide, and you have been listening to Tragedies Tragedies on Screen. Screen.